hey everyone this is austin Schur here with we write about music and today i'm speaking with davy harris he has just shared his second single titled self-saboteur and i am super excited to talk to him all about it davy i want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your life to do this what is up and how are you austin thank you so much for having me i am doing fine and dandy yeah really happy to talk probably freezing if you're in buffalo (laughs) yeah yeah it's a little it's a little i'm a i'm a little bit below freezing right now that's all right nothing uh you know like cool blankets figure out um i want to hop right into it this song is killer man and considering it's your second single that i'm even more impressed because you've already found a sound that i wouldn't want to see go anywhere else to be honest Mm -hmm. first thing i really want to know about is what is the song about what does it mean to you? What's it, you know, give me the background. Yeah, thank you. So it's interesting because a lot of the song was written in a kind of subconscious trance. I I did a thing actually called Songtober. It was a previous October where every day of the month I wrote a new song and I was kind of doing this pen pal (laughs) thing with a friend and we were just writing different songs and that was really cool. And, And so this was one day right just having a riff and then having some words and that that seems to be how I write a lot of songs where I I, it's just like a a bunch of ideas kind of coming together and then once I put the theme on it right that's kind of the container yeah and then I can flesh things out and then then I get to do like the surgery to make it make sense to me and have meaning and so that was a song where looking back on it I was like what am I talking about what am I trying to say because it's almost like the subconscious bubbling up and then yeah then, then the theme was like oh shit this is all about self-sabotage and I you know I sometimes think in metaphors and then mm. and, and it just became you know like there's I mean the whole that concept of like having a hand grenade in your pocket <laughs> and it's sure. this this idea of for most of us like we're we have like kind of this upper limit of what we can handle that's either good or bad bad or whatever and so sometimes once we reach a little bit above that we panic or i panic like i have you know moments where that's happened and so you know i've definitely like had things implode in my face of course who in, has in life uh, but yeah so the song was written on guitar and then i had worked with this guy rush davis who is I, i'd say he's like a, a a sound helper and um and a uh, voice whisper, so to speak. And so he, he was yeah. kind of helping and giving me both courage, confidence, and then perspective for these songs. And uh, my little, I like this little claim to fame, but the, the drums, I played the drums. I played the drums in this band, The Tins. Damn. But, but actually in this song, I didn't play the drums. This was the one song I didn't play the, the drums. The one song? <laughs> who, who did play the drums though? Uh, uh, this, this dude who... Uh, he will re- remain nameless, but he he was he played for Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. Damn! And so it's like got some epic drums on the track. I was very fortunate to kind That's of ha- have this. Pr- yeah. Well, so how long did this take in total to put together? I feel like the first seventy five percent of a song is give me five minutes and I'll write you really a beautiful a beautiful uh, three quarters of the way finished song. And then the last quarter, that last 25% can take a month. It can take a year. It can take five years. Like Like there's artist perfectionism coming through where it's like, oh, this is pretty good, but it could be a lot better. So let's 
really focus in. Well, and what's wild is like that last 5% could be one other instrument that you add to the arrangement that makes it a True. different song that makes it go from here to here. Right. No, I fully get that because there's so many songs. I mean, a majority of songs that are right here. And if they just had that little bump, they could be up here. And I think that's, yeah, that's where that extra 25% comes. Honestly, though, I can't really get over your song a day thing. That sounds grueling and daunting. But the fact that this came from it is like impressive to say the least. Uh, I, I usually ask, you know, what else is on the horizon? Is there anything else from that songwriting month that's going to pop up in like an official recording? Or can you say? I, I can say. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, what I will say is that I, I have 37 recordings right now of songs and Whoa, it's damn. more about how to release things the right way whatever that looks like because sure. uh, that's it's almost like if you have a, if you have a strength then you want to lean into it and i think my biggest strength is just writing songs quickly uh-huh and so now it's a matter of figuring things out because i don't know it's like you just drop 37 songs that no one cares it's like a little and so, <laughs> yeah. you know no, that's to, nowadays I'm, yeah, so it's just trying to like the slow. I, I I am attempting to have a strategy with yeah each, each of the songs and also to make it make sense from a narrative because okay. it, it's almost like you write the song right you're seventy five percent there but it's not finished you get to that hundred percent or ninety five percent and it all makes sense yeah and it's the same thing with like a release like I may look back two years from now and and then be like oh now it actually makes sense the way in which things are released or how things are being cultivated. So all I can say is yes, there's going to be another song within the next two to three, two, two-ish months. I hope and so. And I think it's going to be great. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, there's, and I'll be, I'm looking to find a way to consistently release music. Sure. And, and uh, I'm like that squirrel that just collects nuts, <laughs> like collects acorns for the winter. Yeah. But then, but then someone's like the other squirrels next, like, Hey dude, you don't, you don't need any more. Like you already have enough for three winters right. right now. And then I'm like, no, got to get some more. Gotta and so like, I more. can't wait to write more songs. And you got to start ghostwriting for everyone else. If it's coming that easy to you, I mean, shoot. Cause, cause everything about this song, like it flows so nicely. And obviously the, I don't know, it's, it's tough because for me, like I said, I've listened to the song a lot at this point and I can listen to it in two different ways. I can listen to it as a songwriter and really like make the connections within the lyrics, or I can completely disregard the message and just vibe out to like the sonic nature of it. And I think that's kind of, in my opinion, the key to a good song is it's not one and done. It's not just like, yeah, I heard that on the radio once and it was the same chorus and verse over and over, and then I'm going to throw it in the trash. This one actually has legs to it where it's built for repeated listens, whichever way you want to listen to it. I don't know if that was your intention, but it certainly sat that way with me. Uh, I mean, I, I guess all I could share about that, which is, this is, this is, this is what I, when I, okay, so the song Float On, you know that song by Modest Mouse? Yeah, of course. Classic. Uh, so, so I heard that song and I was like, wow, this is a great song. Why is this a great song? Because it's freaking weird. Sure, and for the time, have, yeah. Yeah, like you, you'd hear that when it came out, right? And then you're like, this is different than anything else I've heard. 
it's not like i mean is it groundbreaking i don't know but it's it's good it's got a powerful message yep. uh it's interesting it's catchy as heck yep oh and and, and so it's that thing where like it breaks through the like mainstream of anybody could listen to this mm-hmm. uh the people that would love it it's a certain audience but like <laughs> most people can like it a lot and get into it and dance to it and so i've looked at that song as though i'm like every time i try to write a song or i do write a song i'm thinking of not float on per se but like what that represents to me which is like checking off all these boxes which is repeated listens it's interesting it's doing something different in some way it's idiosyncratic uh and then it's catchy so that's uh that's my little like like biblical songwriting thing i'm really happy you just mentioned that i never made the realization but it does kind of hit all the same boxes i haven't listened to that song in a while but it's instantly memorable it's instantly something that i can play in my head and it's probably what i'm going to listen to as soon as i finish this so yeah. thank you for that um going going forward though even just in terms of sound do you write songs based on what you want to hear in the instrumentation or does that kind of, like I, I guess what i'm trying to say is does the instrumentation have any effect on the tone and the message of what you're trying to say yes it also depends on the song right there's there's certain sure. songs where the sounds and like self saboteur was a very deliberate effort especially with rush and and then with aiden who supported rush they worked together with me yeah uh where you know every step of the way it's like sharing it this it's message and like you know you could even there's intensity right like even in the drumming as well yeah there's an in, it's like things get chaotic and then calm down and then get chaotic again but then there's the space of like at the, kind of at the end like a oh, triumph you know right uh, and so the the sound is long along with the lyrics is meant to tell that story and then there are other songs where that they're even more deliberate in how the sound tells a story and it sometimes if the sound affects the story too much it becomes cheesy it's literally like watching a horror movie but you hear this the music the scary music before and then you know what's happening right it's not it's not like an interpretive thing like some of the best songs are ones where there's more space for interpretation so uh there are other songs coming that are less let's say intentional as far as all of the sounds and it's more like this is an artistic piece uh but yeah self saboteur was one of those very deliberate pieces of music nice so how about this you I've clearly been doing this for a little while now. Is there something that you look forward to throughout the entire process from the dreaming up what you're going to write about to the actually getting in the studio and creating the song all the way to pressing the submit button? What like what do you get the most excited for? My favorite part of the entire process is when I'm playing on the guitar or something mm-hmm. and I hear a hook Okay. Because that's that's kind of the point of no return where if I hear that it, to me I'm like this is worthy of moving forwards with there's like there's something of substance here. Okay. And and so it like is it's you know it's not like every time you have a guitar in hand or a keyboard or piano or whatever else you're like this is it. Uh but with like within the writing if I spend like a half hour an hour and I'm just playing different chords and thinking about different things you know like I'll stumble upon something and then it's just like the light bulb moment over my head. Yep. And uh <laughs> that that's definitely like me at 
getting the most high off of music totally is where it's like it's like a hit of like holy that's a new it's like zero to one so that's my that's my favorite piece and then the other is sometimes in the studio when you think you've you think you've hit like the best you can do with a song based on different arrangements and pieces and instrumentation and then you're like yeah let me try this other thing and then it's like again it's that going from 90 percent to 95 percent you're like well holy the song is way better now now it's like it all it's the glue together so that would be kind of that second moment where it really is super satisfying that's awesome but it's it's like you want that all the time you constantly want to be in the studio you constantly want to be creating do you ever feel like you get burned out or that you're like hitting a roadblock of some sort well uh as as the story goes so i was the drummer in this band the tins you sure. know, for i was also songwriter but drummer in this band the tins for 10 years right yeah uh uh you know the the pandemic god bless her soul uh <laughs> led to like you know us kind of having this hiatus which absolutely really gave space for stepping into this other part of myself that i'm really actually in love with embracing and uh i, I kind of share that i i am a recovering self-hating musician because there were certain okay. times within the musical sure. journey where things you know sucked um weren't easy you know and and so yeah. when you're mentioning like being burnt out or drained or all those things or or feeling like um you're not you're not getting to the thing and it's frustrating like i've had those experiences uh many times over and now as an artist i'm kind of like committing and like to embracing this art side fully and so like it's fun it's it, I, I don't have the same expectations and pressure as i did you know like 10 years ago uh and i do i also think that i'm like creating the best works of my life because awesome. there's no longer like that pressure and it's just like the, uh, in the past month i'd say there were a few times where things aren't fun and even in the, the release sure. of the song there's like the strategy and logistics and all the other pieces totally. of like which is also a necessity in my in my I like my thought is just like it it's is. all about preparing to to be to get lucky in a way and I'm like well what does that preparation look like and so there are certain parts of that that are not necessarily the most enjoyable um, those are maybe more of the draining things for myself sure uh, but like the songwriting I'm really like keeping that pure that's like that's like that is the most beautiful kernel and um so at least for now uh things are you know i it's like i'm having fun i love that it's like you want to you want to border the line of having fun you're living the life writing songs and like ah this is also kind of a business and i don't want to take this too seriously but i don't think I mean, a majority of music listeners don't realize the business side of music where it's like you don't just make a song and put it out and cross your fingers and hope like there is a whole background on it. But there is definitely a fine line of uh, still having fun with it and not overdoing it, but also just like living your life, doing what makes you happy. Yeah, um, it's crazy that we're in the middle of March and it still feels like the beginning of the year. So I'm still considering at the beginning, I want to know what are some goals that you'd like to hit by the end of 2022? That's a great question. Well, I will be heading to South by Southwest next week. Nice. And uh, I, my goal there is to play at least one show, which I okay. think I will be playing. Yeah. <laughs> so that 
that's cool. There's infinite venues. I think you can make it happen. Yeah, I'd like to release at least five songs, if not more, by the end of 2022. Sure. And we're in the process of creating music videos along with each song. That's and cool. so I'd like to have those accompanying pieces. And I, I, I almost feel like it's just, it's, this is kind of egotistical, but that's okay. I feel like it's kind of my obligation to get the music out there to the best of my ability. Yeah. Right. Cause I don't think there's, it's not like there's somebody else that should care more than me. You have to that. be your number one fan. Yeah. Especially as a solo artist. You don't yeah. have the band where it's like, okay, you post this and I'll post this and then we'll post and post and post. It's like, no, man, it's like your destiny is in your hands. If you're not backed by a major label throwing thousands of dollars at you, it's like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's very exciting is yeah. uh, just releasing the music and getting it out there. And then the, the goal that's in my hands is just to get it in front of as many people as possible. And I like looking for creative ways to, to make that. So I think it's a great answer. Um, I've got one more question for you at this point. Basically, the question is, is for the person that's going to discover you from this and for the person that's going to listen to your music for the first time, what is an opening message that you'd like to say to them? Thank you for lending your ears, kind person. And I, I request that you listen at least three times so that the music gets stuck in your head so that okay. you never forget forever and you're a fan for life. I say listen three times regardless, but there's no doubt it'll be stuck in your head on the first run through. It's it's just that good. Uh, Davey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, man. And I want to plug your music one more time for you. The song is called Self-Saboteur. We'll have all the links so people can listen and follow along and share, but it is sincerely such a freaking awesome song. And like, like I said, I've listened 10 times. I'm going to listen 10 more. I want to thank you so much for your time, man. And I, I hope that we can speak soon. Amazing. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.